Pierre today, me being Parth. How you doing today, Pierre? Good, man. I'm good, man. NFL's back. College football's back, man. I'm in a good spot. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, I mean, there was just something about last weekend where it was just the sun was shining brighter. I was just, like, happier. I was like, all right, there's going to be football on all day. And uh, then the game started. Uh, it started raining, and, uh, and then I was like, shit, football's back. And I remembered what Eagles games are like usually, where – you know, Eagles football, baby. Let's get it. There's that meme, right? They're like, Eagles football's back. The middle majority of the game is, I'm going to kill myself. These, this team is going <laughs> to lose. And then the last is, oh, I guess we won. Um, I don't know whose quote it is, but they say, like, um, you know, Philly loves games like this because uh, you win and you have something to complain about. And I see a lot of truth in that because I have a lot to complain about, which is my favorite thing to do. My other favorite thing to do is see my Eagles win. So uh, it's a win-win situation. Uh, how'd you feel? How, how'd you feel after the game? Um, just initially, like, you know, we FaceTime right after the game. So mm-hmm. like I said then, it's like they're – it's not a bad thing. It's like it's like I wasn't feeling bad because they won, but at the same time, there wasn't much to celebrate. Like, you know, when you get mm-hmm. off to as hot of a start as they did, you know, you get the pick six. and Well, no, you first drive down the field. You get three points yeah, and you get the pick six. Then mm-hmm. uh, the Smitty um, touchdown or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then in the second, then the second quarter is just like all the air went out of the team, and it's and it's so weird compared to last year where we were the second quarter yeah. team, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you're. I it's mean, like you're totally you're watching. Right. It's like you're watching, and like at the beginning of the game, and you're like, oh well, you know, this is gonna be just like 2022. Like we're just gonna cruise to a victory. The game's gonna be over by halftime, and then all of a sudden it became a game. Credit to the Patriots, man. I mean, yeah. it's still a, you know, some of the luster off of Bill Belichick definitely wore off after, uh, you know, he's had the last couple of seasons and Brady one and one um, in Tampa. But I mean, there's no denying that he's still a great defensive coordinator and, uh, and head coach. I mean, his teams always play hard uh, no matter, you know, how they're doing. Um, but yeah, credit to the Patriots. And like you said, it was uh it was a win and you're always going to, you know, appreciate that, but it was not a win you really celebrate because, yeah. well, you always celebrate a win, but it's just kind of like you celebrate it with your eye kind of looking towards Thursday. Like, are we ready? You know, uh, like if, if, if what we put out there is what we put out on Thursday, I don't know how pretty it'll be because now, I mean, the Vikings, okay. You know, they're the Vikings. It's, it's Kirk cousins, whatever you might want to say. They also just lost their, they lost their first game, you know, and uh, they have, they have talent. And uh, they have they have reason to win. And uh, I think what we saw on Sunday is that you can't always just get by on talent. And you really do have to be firing and on I, all cylinders. I think that's one of the things that kind of like, I'm not going to say they went into this game thinking that, you know, just based off their pure talent, they were going to win the game. But that's what it kind of seemed like. Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, why I sat on a pod uh, leading up to the game with Quail, like the Eagles, they're just flat out the better team. Like from yeah. top to bottom, they're the better roster. That same time, it's any given Sunday, like you're facing mm-hmm. an NFL, you're facing another NFL team. So. Absolutely. And I mean, we saw it with a lot of the games this, this last weekend. And I, and I think like, so I said, you know, we, we got out of there, you know, whatever, but I think 
it wasn't necessarily because we were more talented, but I think, like, we got lucky is basically what I'm trying to say. Uh, You know, we were more talented, yeah, and so that gave us, like, that little bit of an edge, but we were this close to losing, you know. Oh, yeah, nine times out of ten, I don't want to butcher his name, Keyshawn Booty, Booty, Mm -hmm. Booty. Mm -hmm. He makes that catch. We get yeah. two feet in bounds. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that's then, then we're looking at a totally different podcast, totally different, you know, framing of the Eagles, right? I mean, all, most of the top teams lost. <laughs> and uh, well, a, a lot of the top quarterbacks, like from these lists, kind of lost. And Jalen came out on top, you know. But if Jalen had, you know, lost the way that, you know, Josh Allen lost last night, or Joe Burrow, or Joe Burrow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, w- it wouldn't have been great. I mean, Mahomes didn't have his best game either. Now, Mahomes obviously had, you know, Kadarius Tony helping out. <laughs> Maybe he should focus on growing back his eyebrows uh, and, and catching the football instead of getting on Twitter. And did you see he deleted his Twitter and then he got back on Instagram on Sunday? Come on, dude. Like, <laughs> that's your boy, man. <laughs> I know, dude. It's killing me. These gators are killing me, dude. Like, do you know what it's. Ah, my shit list is growing, dude. Chris Collins <laughs> used to be the only one on there. Like, it was just Chris. Now KT is on there. CJ's on there. And it's just like, why? Like, why y'all got to do this to me, man? Ah, it's a it's a brutal business. It's a brutal business, this football thing. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So, you mentioned Bill Belichick and, you know, still having to respect him as a defensive coach. Mm-hmm. Um, how much stock do you put into it being week one with Belichick having, you know, basically a full offseason to prepare – for uh, the Eagles. And I'm just going to read off this stat. Um, Philly Nation tweeted it out. Yeah, and it's uh, points allowed by Bill Belichick in week one since 2018 after getting a full offseason to prepare. In 2018 against the Texans, they allowed 20 points. Um, against the Steelers in 2019, three points. Against the Dolphins in 2020, 11. Against the Dolphins again in 2021, 17 points. Against the Dolphins again in 2022, 20 points. And then against the Eagles, 25. So it's obvious that when Belichick has a – full offseason to prepare for an opposing offense. Um, you know, he has his team prepared. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the Belichick MO, right? Be prepared. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, this is this is the attitude that we give him during the Super Bowl, too. If he has two weeks to prepare, they're like, oh, you're getting Belichick off of two weeks. So, you know, it, it, or even like after a bye week. Actually, I remember that. We got him off of a bye week. Oh, it was years ago, but it was in Foxborough. It was like Aguilar was on the team. I just remember that much. It was like that game where he had like this big catch, but we still lost. Um, but it was the big thing. The big news story was, oh, Belichick has two weeks on the Eagles. And, you know, you got all this type of thing. Yeah, you give Belichick time, he's going to prepare. Now, you can't fully just like write it off as like, oh, it's Bill Belichick and he had a full offseason because every team had a full offseason to watch our film, right? Um, it's It's just something that we're going to have to be prepared for. Uh, I mean, this Thursday, we're playing Brian Flores, who's also a great defensive coordinator um, from the same school, too. So, um, you, you know, it's it's uh, it's something that you have to be prepared for. Uh, and I also just think that the uh, the preseason situation played into it a ton. And I think that's why Nick said something. I mean, it, it's something that we've always worried about. Like these guys aren't it's OK. You know, they're not taking a ton of hits and we all love that. Well, they're taking no hits, but. Football is a physical game, right? And, you know, you can't help but think, like, some of these times where Jalen was looking a little jittery or, you know, the ball popped out. Like, these are things that give him a give him a quarter in the in the third preseason game, right? And, and these are the things that we can start ironing out instead of having to get by by the skin of our teeth 
in a, in a regular season game. Uh, obviously it seems like Nick learned his lesson because I mean, you can see him during the game. He was just like, what is going on? And the team came out flat and that's not something, well, they didn't come out flat, but they played flat as the game went on. Um, and that's just not something that we're used to, you know, this is a very like motivated and, and, and good team. And so, you know, they pulled out the, the, the W in the end and, and that is what matters, but there's definitely room for um, improvement. Now, um, you know, we, we watched and, and both sides obviously struggled, but who do you think was more concerning the defense or the offense? For me, I'd go with the offense um, just because up front offensive line, um, you know, you don't see Lane Johnson get, which he didn't really get beat, but he was tested heavily by uh, Keon White, defensive end in New England. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't see that very often. Um, Mylotta, he struggled a bit too. So it's just, you know, they just got to get up front corrected and I feel like everything will come together. And then the lack of targets for Dallas Goddard is – Ridiculous. Just yeah, ridiculous. She took the words right out of my mouth. Like I don't understand how you go a full four quarters without targeting Dallas Goddard once. And some of that, of course, is on Jalen, and some of it is also on Brian Johnson. But they got to get him the ball. And then the amount of Kenny Gainwell. <laughs> and I know in the off season it was said that you know they're going to lean on him as the RB one, and you know it'd be by committee, but. Uh, Kenny will be, you know, get the bulk of the carries. And I kind of brushed it off because to me, it's like if you have a guy like DeAndre Swift, like it wouldn't make sense to not use him. But that was way too much Kenny Gainwell for my liking. I knew it was going to happen, dude. I drafted him in three fantasy leagues because I knew it was going to happen. And of course, my dumbass didn't start him week one. Now he's (laughs) injured. And, you know, I missed my chance, but I digress. But I think this team has been so honest when they do tell you stuff, they've been honest about it. And that's yeah. what kind of was just like, I think DeAndre said, or I think Kenny Gainwell's going to get a ton of carries because that's literally all they but, said off season. And it's, I agree with you, right? Like he, he's not necessarily like your lead back type of guy, you know, body yeah, type right. and everything. And he runs hard. He's really good at getting positive yardage. And that's the type of thing that coaches love. Um, you know, he can, he can, he can read the blocks well and just get two yards no matter what. And you're, you, you really like that. But with a small guy, you don't want to do it every time, right? And, and you don't want him to take all those hits. And you go out, you sign Rashad Penny, you sign DeAndre Swift. Rashad Penny's a healthy scratch. Why? You I don't know? understand you know? that and, and so, Especially, not to cut you off, but especially yeah. if running the ball is going to be the MO, you know, all leading up to the game, we heard about the weather conditions and everything like that. What was the point of signing Rashad Penny if in a game like that, with the weather conditions the way they were, mm-hmm. with your game plan obviously being, you know, you want to run the ball. Yeah. Why not have a big back like Rashad Penny active? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, and I think this is something we saw a lot with the last staff. They overthink shit. Like it's just like you know, you don't need to do that much, right? Just, just do what works, you know. And 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 and, but this team did learn their lesson with that back in 2021. You know, that they had to figure it out. And with any new staff, right? We have a lot of the same guy, but it's a new staff. It's new guys calling plays. There's always going to be an adjustment period. And I think something like a running back by committee uh, is something very easy to overthink. Uh, And I also uh, just, I think like with time uh, and seeing how these guys run and, you know, what the chemistry between them and the O-line and with each other is, I think we'll see it take shape a little bit more as the season goes on. But the first game, it was totally off. I mean, you can't, like and then you have like two passes to DeAndre Swift. He drops one of them. Like, come on, man, take it, take take advantage of your opportunities too. You can't be dropping the ball. I see with um, that. I feel like 
that may be uh, kind of a, a result of him not really being, you know, I don't know if warmed up is the right. Oh no, absolutely. Oh, I, I absolutely understand. Yeah, I mean, he, it's like his, like he's getting the ball for the first time. But yeah, I mean, it's the old adage: just stay ready, right? Like yeah. you just you have to make the play when your number gets called. You know, like it, your chemistry with the quarterback is determined on that, right? Jason had to get or Jason J- Jalen had to get out and get a quick pass off, and he saw DeAndre, and you know they weren't able to complete it. Now it's something that I think they'll figure out as the year goes on. Um, but it was definitely concerning. And then you know you talked about the O line. Lane looked Lane, it looked like one of Lane's most human games in a long time. Uh, but I also think you can't disregard that the guy he's playing next to, it's his first game, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Cam Jurgens and Lane Johnson have not played next to each other for a very long time. This is their first game together. Samalu and Lane played together for two, three years because Brandon Brooks was out, Samalu was in, right? So, um, they, they had a ton, there's chemistry on every aspect of the field, and I think people so often get caught up in names and numbers and all that type of stuff and forget about the human aspect of the game. And these guys just have to get used to playing with each other. It's different speeds. It's, Oh, you know, it's, it's like unspoken communication that just comes with experience. And you have a rookie, you know, starting next to the lane, it's going to basically a rookie. It's going to be a, it's going to be an adjustment. Um, But, you know, for my answer, I think I, I think I agree with you. I think it's the offense. It just looked disjointed. uh, And it felt like the slog, of, uh, of a couple of years ago where it was just like, all right, we're just going to barely get a first down. And then like, try, sh- like, you know, we tried some shot plays, which was nice, but it just, it was just, we couldn't get anything going. And it, it was really disheartening to see. Um, Brian Johnson, like, dude, you were at Florida with Kyle Pitts. You know how to get a, you know how to get a tight end involved. Let's, let's start doing it with Goddard. You know, um, I get it. Uh, the rain definitely has, an effect on everything. Uh, and there's no question about that, but, uh, you know, this is just something that you have to be prepared for. You can't get into the game and just kind of be like, Oh no, we can't do anything about it. And, you know, panic. You have to have a plan ahead of time and be ready to adjust as well. Um, it's gotta be uh, a little bit of both. Um, I think with these next coming weeks, we're going to see it all just come together I think it was just like a really rough first game, especially just because they didn't play in the preseason and, and, you know, new offensive coordinator, it's just going to be a little goofy. You got some new pieces and I don't know. I'm trying not to put too much stock into it because I just think that it was a really odd game. Rainy day, like you said, one year with Bill Bella or sorry, one off season for Bill Belichick, uh, new uh, offensive coordinator. It's, it's just going to be really tough. Um, but uh, my dad, uh, he, frequent listener of the pod, consistent listener of the pod, uh, fired off some hot takes. And I was just like, you know what? I got I to gotta throw these on the pod um, because it was about the offense. Now, usually my dad's hot takes, I'm like, all right, these are definitely hot takes. But, you know, these, these, this one I kind of had, uh, had to listen to. So this is his podcast, Dad Hot Take. Um, we're going to try to get these consistently for the season, but he just, he said the Eagles are hampered by practice and predictability. Lack of having starters play in the preseason was a mistake and rush showed and the play calling was predictable and uninspired. Like he, he also, he literally called the first play as a screen to the left. And then, um, and then he called when it was going to be a draw play on third and long in the third quarter. Like, it's just like, it's just so obvious. It, it's, it's that infuriated me. Yeah. That, that infuri- I hate, it was, I hate was the it, coward's like, draw. I hate it. I hate it. Just try something like man up. This is football, dude. Like 
stop playing with your tail between your legs. You know, you got you to gotta let them swing, man. Come on. Like, that's what we were doing last year. In this game, it felt like we were scared. And so, you know, so let me I, ask I agree you with my dad. How, how, much, how much of it do you put on it being Brian's first game as an OC going against um, a great defensive mind like Belichick that's versus point, yeah. him just, you know, I'm not going to say not having a plan, but just, you know, not being able to get anything going? I think they go hand in hand. Right. I don't, I think he might've like those, that first 16 plays, the first 16 plays that they scripted, they were moving beautifully and, uh, and they had it going on and it was like, okay, you know, this offense can move the ball. They got a good plan. They got an idea. They look like they have an identity. Um, look like Bill Belichick took that away after the first couple of drives. And that is where um, an OC has to have a counter punch. And that's something that I think happens with experience. I think Brian Johnson has a potential to be a really, really great OC. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he's been around the offense. He's a smart dude. He's up and coming. He knows Jalen, like better than most people know Jalen. But, you know, I, I think it was Quell who talked about it, who he was like, there's going to be an adjustment because he hasn't called plays, you know, that much in the past. Even at Florida, Dan Mullen really liked to call the plays. Brian Johnson was involved in everything, but it's all a little kind of muddled um, at points. And so, you know, there's going to be an adjustment period, but I think uh, he's the type of guy who's also going to, you know, grind it out and, and work on this type of thing. Um, now, uh, when it comes to the defense, I just, uh, I, I think, I think they did enough at a lot of points. Um, I think, I think if the, if the offense had kind of been firing on all cylinders, I don't think the defensive performance would have been as like, Oh, like what's going on as it was. Cause I just think like they were on the field a lot, you know, yeah. like we, we, we I had mean, a few like now. I remember, so for me, when I was watching the game, I initially started watching it um, out to eat with my homeboys, who's a Patriots fan. And then, you know, midway through the first quarter, when the Eagles went up 16-0, he got mad and left. So I kind of missed most of the second quarter. Um, But when I walked in the door, I saw that uh, on their, I I guess their last three drives, it was punt, 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 right? So when you're, um, you know, you're putting your defense on the field that much, you know, like you said, it it creates problems. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, you know, there, but there were some positives and that's, that's what I really wanted to point out. Like, you know, interior pass rush, get off the top three guys were Eagles, Jalen Carter, 0.68 seconds, Fletcher Cox, 0.72 seconds and Milton Williams, 0.72 seconds. I also just want to take a minute. Milton Williams is balling, bro. That man is flying around making the types of plays that, you know, we talked about it when he got drafted, his, spider chart was mm-hmm. the closest it was, was to Aaron Donald, just like in terms of just like physical specimen, just like he's a freak playing at, 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 at nose tackle. And I mean, the dude's been able to continue to get better every year. And uh, he's, he's really fun to watch. He's got some what about fire. Jordan, Jordan Davis. He shows some That's what I was about to say too, man. Bro. Like someone lost a little bit of weight. He was moving. He was moving. And, and he had some pass rush moves, you know, it was, Maybe, you know, he lost some weight. He's back with this boy from Georgia. He got, uh, you know, he's got some of his old swagger back. You know, <laughs> I, I I really liked it, man. Um, the D-line is in good hands, but this is the same freaking issue that we saw last year. And I was trying to disagree with you this morning, and it's tough because I don't know what, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say or what the solution is, but our D line is at the top of every metric for, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback, getting to the quarterback. We had one or two sacks all game, you know, I mean, we were getting there, 
but they were just getting out the ball quickly and getting the ball out over the middle, which is where our linebackers were struggling. You know, Nakobe played fine when he was playing, but then he got injured, which sucks. Um, and Zach Cunningham was definitely struggling uh, at points. They went after him bad yeah. in that game, bro. Middle yeah. of the field every time. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's – I mean, how many times have we seen that? We've seen it with – we saw it with Alex Singleton all those years ago. Last year, TJ Edwards was doing a better job of these things. But that's been, you know, the Achilles heel of this defense forever. Uh, and then when you – it's a, it's, a it's a point I made a couple of days ago um, just about the whole overall structure of the scheme and, you know, the roster construction. Um, it seems that they really want to hang their hat on the Vic Fangio defensive philosoph- philosophy. But to me – you know, watching how or seeing how Howie has constructed the roster, which positions he values and which positions he doesn't, which there's nothing wrong with, you know, valuing the trenches. You know, it's how they won the Super Bowl in 2018. But at the same time, it's like linebacker and safety are important in this scheme. You cannot just devalue those positions like they have year after year. Like you you have Justin Evans starting at safety for you. Yeah. I don't understand it. That. It's tough, man. It's it's really weird because you know we we invest a ton in D line and corners, right? And 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 that's that's it fine. works for a lot of teams. It's it's a it's a good method, but you have to run the right defense for it. And that's why it just feels like you know you're right. You know they keep trying to hang their hat on this Fangio defense, and the personnel just seems a little bit off. Now, like if you look around, if you look around the league at the teams who you know employ this uh, philosophy, where he just came from. Um, mm-hmm. In Denver, Justin Simmons, uh, where he is right now in Miami, Javon Holland. Like, and I'm not saying you have to have an all pro at the position, but just have somebody who, you know, is at least starter level. So to play devil's advocate, I think I think they really think that Reed can do that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he played really well. Um, and, and what I was just going to say about safety is I think it's I think it's tough because you're trotting out Justin Evans out there and it's like shit. <laughs> It's Justin Evans. Um, but at the same time, Sidney Brown is a ton of fun to watch. He had that great hit on uh, on special teams, like leveled the guy. But that's also his issue. I mean, the guy's a, a missile. And first game, like, you know, game one against, you know, a team like the Patriots, who's going to take advantage of RPO and quick game. That also can feel like a recipe for disaster, you know, and that's why – it's it's your as Quell says you're stuck in between a rock and a hard place, right? It's it's like, what are you gonna do here? Uh, are you gonna play the younger guy who's more exciting, has way more potential, who you hope is gonna be your starter, and then hope that he doesn't get picked on, or do you play the guy who you're hoping can be more consistent and you know at least know what's going on and, and play it that way? But then in the same breath, you're expecting that from Justin Evans, and the guy's in the wrong place multiple times, and so it's just even even to that or. Just a rebuttal to that, Justin Evans. Um, if I let me look this up really quickly, you're gonna cook him. I'm not gonna cook him. Mm-hmm. He, I'm not gonna say he he hasn't really played. Um, he played, um, in 2017 with Tampa Bay. Yeah, and then you know 2020. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. like he I think it's just because really, he's a vet. It, I think it's literally just because he's a vet and he's seen these things before even if it's limited action it's just like I, I really just think it's like a comfortability thing for coaches where it's like okay like you know he's been around he kind of knows what he's doing and it's it's stupid it's you know what you know what I can compare it to 
Well, it's the opposite is what they did with linebacker, right? Like they signed Nicholas Morrow and you're like, everyone's assuming he's going to be penciled in as a starter. And, you know, then we're looking at Christian Ellis and Nicobe Dean. And then we're looking at Zach Cunningham and Christian Ellis. And so it's, it's weird that they're doing the opposite there as opposed to safety, but you know, that's why it seems a little bit weird, right? Because, I mean, we expected to see Nicholas Morrow, but we're not. And now we're seeing Justin Evans back there. But, you know, we, it's – it's. I feel like what I'm trying to get at is that there's not really a great answer, especially week one. You really are just trying to figure it out. Um, I, I just – I think it's really, really weird. And I worry about this weekend, you know – or, sorry, I mean this Thursday because we're playing the best receiver in the league, right? Like, I mean – we still have Slay, but we're missing Bradbury. The Josh Job game, let's get it. You know, Josh Job Hive. Josh, Josh Job is strapping Justin Jefferson. I, I mean, listen, I've been on the Job train since last year. That was my guy last year. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Okay, like CJ's gone. I got no DBs who are my guy. Like this is my guy now. Okay, like he needs to show up and read. I mean, Ghost. I mean, <laughs> such a fire nickname. He's such ghost. a and he. What I love, man is how he stands like a football white boy, man. Like, he is all <laughs> neck, bro. Like, he's standing up there. Like, you just see him, like, standing behind the plane. I'm like, that's my damn safety. Like, I mean, he's all neck. It's just all traps. And it's just like, dude, like, how do your shoulder pads get on? Like, you can put a helmet on over that? Like, it's crazy. It's awesome. Really love watching. I hope he can play. I mean, you saw that he's questionable. Yeah, they said, he, what was it, ribs? Yeah, but I, yeah. I feel like he plays. Uh, Reed yeah. seemed like the type of dude who's just gonna who's gonna play. Um, so, do you think this on Thursday? Do you think we see some Sydney Brown or maybe Terrell Edmonds or maybe they bring Terrell Edmonds down into the box? With, that that with was Kobe that was my next thought, right? I mean, it, it, but they brought up Nicholas Morrow, so I yeah. think what we'll see starters is Ellis and Morrow. Yeah. Maybe we'll see Edmond hop in, but Edmonds also just like he he's one of those safe and he's one of those tweeners who's just never found a ton of success at either position and that's yeah. why it's just it's it's a it's a weird place to kind of be in where you're just like where do I play him is he gonna get beat here where's he gonna be a better fit um I don't know I, I think I, I think we'll see more Sydney Brown I think they'll try to you know work these guys in as the season goes on and especially if Justin Evans continues to play poorly um He's just, he's just out of position so much. Yeah, it's just like, dude, like, you're the vet. You're right. Like, I mean, you're the vet. Like, you should be getting to the right places. I mean, that's just – that's the bare minimum, especially as a safety, the last line of defense. That's why you – know, you know that's why it's tough to put in rookies, too. You, you know, know what it is? It's the sleeves. It is the sleeves. No, you're right. I mean, once once I saw that picture, I was like, this is really damning evidence. <laughs> There's Sammy Sleeves and, and Byron Maxwell, bro. It's not – that's not great company to be in. But – I did see somebody say that Alshon rocked those sleeves too. So he is the one exception. But um, but I, did, I actually did have a question for you. Do you think, like, how much of the vanilla game plan do you think could also be attributed to we have a game in three days? Or do you think that's just not a part of the equation at all? Because I'm, I'm, I'm torn, you know. I feel like you should never play a game like that. And then part of me also feels like maybe. I'm talking about defensively or offensively. Both? I mean... See, offensively, I look at it like there's a lot of factors that you have to um, bring into consideration with it being Brian Johnson's first game as an NFL offensive coordinator. You got him going against possibly the greatest NFL head coach of all time, Bill Belichick. 
then the weather conditions. So all of those things may have attributed to what we saw on offense. Again, there's no reason why Dallas Goddard shouldn't have gotten a target. There's no reason for the insane amount of Kenny Gainwell we saw. Um, and then, you know, the offensive line struggles, as we talked about. At the same time, um, I think that, you know, considering all those factors, that may be why we saw what we saw on offense. Now, defensively, um, I think Deshaun, or uh, sorry, Sean Desai, with it being his first game as defensive coordinator and them installing a new defense. And, you know, I've read up on, you know, how complex that, you know, their coverage calls may be in that uh, in that scheme. I think, you know, that also contributed to it a lot also, because if you saw um, after a lot of the um, intermediate deep completions that the Patriots had, you know, there was a lot of guys looking around pointing at each other, like, you know, you're supposed to be here or you're mm-hmm. supposed to be there. Like, I think it's just miscommunication that'll get ironed out with time. Yeah. Absolutely. Unfortunate that we're going to be missing our cornerback too, who is crucial to that communication on Thursday. But yeah, they, I mean, they don't have a choice but to get it together. Vikings team's going to be hungry and they're going to come here and they're going to be, uh, they're going to be ready. Now, you know, we, we talked about uh, this eye and, and, and Johnson. Now, who, who do you think will get it figured out faster? Oh, Brian Johnson. Yeah. Brian Johnson. Just because of the familiar familiar bleh, familiarity that he has with Jalen and the entire offense. Um, and then also the skilled position players on the offense, they're just in a better position than the defense. <laughs> really good. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. The offense yeah. is pretty damn stacked and yeah. it doesn't really have weak like clear weak spots like the defense does. Yeah. Um I think that's hard to argue with. Um, but if I were to counterpoint, I'd say it felt like, like like I talked about earlier, it felt like if the offense had had a little bit more juice, then we wouldn't have been looking at this defensive um, game as as poorly as, as we're looking at it. Um, but that's also, you know, who knows, right? So um, I think you're right, though. When it comes down to it, uh, they're both good coordinators, but one just has a ton of weapons at his disposal. Yeah. Like, I mean... Yeah, this and what I did want to mention that we did it, start seeing oh, some pressure. It sucks. It sucks for Desai that you know two positions on his unit are just not valued by the team. Yeah, and I mean when he had that amazing defense in Chicago, he had Roquan Smith, Roquan yeah. Smith, and uh, Eddie, Jackson. Eddie Jackson, right? So um, <laughs> it's a little unfortunate for sure. Uh, but I also just think, uh, just as a whole, I think with defenses, I think if you can play as a unit, you can make up for issues uh, a lot more than you might be able to on offense. I think you you just kind of have that ability to play as a unit far more um, on defense because, like you said, it's a lot of communication. It's like, all right, like, you know, we can adjust for someone kind of being out. Whereas, like, on offense, if you have a receiver who just sucks – it it can really hamper your offense, you know, like Cough, like we've seen generally. many times. As <laughs> I knew it was coming, um, but uh, I I think uh, I think they'll figure it out with time. But yeah, the offense just has so much talent. Uh, yeah, I think the defense will figure it out. They just there there will be some growing pains for sure in just figuring out who the right personnel are to to have on the field. Um, yeah, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see, and I think they'll they'll both figure it out. Uh, throughout the season. I don't think it's like a question of like, we're going to have like a really, really bad um, unit. I think it's just like a matter of time. 
So, um, if we could change one thing or focus on one thing on either side of the ball for the birds heading into the game, what would it be for you? Oh, get Justin Evans off the field. Like, it's simple. <laughs> like, and I'm sorry to keep harping on it, but give us your he hashtag. Just, he give, was, give, give uh, he's hashtag not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, he, I'm not going to say, which I'm not going to put all the onus on him for the defensive performance, but he just was consistently not in the right position. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it just wasn't a good look. And I'm not, you know, you, they signed Terrell Edmonds. They drafted Sidney Brown. I'd like to see more of those two. Because that, that would be the change yeah. I would make. I can't argue with it. You know, you're going to have to, I think the argument is, is that you're going to have to make the change at some point uh, rather sooner uh, than later. For me, I think it would be, let's get this offense into a rhythm. You know, like just actually, you're going to need it uh, on Thursday. If, if, if the Vikings are going to play anything like I think they're going to play, they're going to have a really good defense with, with Brian Flores and a ton of talent still um, on that defense. And then they're going to come with their receivers. Now, you know, in the past, we just shut down Justin Jefferson and, you know, it was, it was awesome. Darius Slay had more receptions than him. And, and that was it because their number two was uh, Adam Thielen, who was just kind of not the case anymore. Huh? It's not the case anymore. No, exactly. Now they got Jordan Addison. And so both of our corners will be uh, working for sure. So it'll be interesting to see. And I, and I had just have a feeling that we're going to have to be able to put up points because that's how, that's how this Vikings offense has kind of been in the past. That, that's why I was so surprising that when they came, it was not a shootout. Um, but this, this offense has the ability to put up points. It's just, they might not consistently do it. And that's why you have to consistently put up the points. And that's just, that's how you beat them. So let me ask you this. Um, the best way I can phrase it, the Eagles win this game on Thursday if blank. One thing? Yeah, well, it can be one or two because I have two. Okay. I think uh, one would just be uh, if we uh, – all right, but these are so obvious. So let me, let, me, let me try to phrase this well. Like one is obviously just if the defense doesn't have miscues, right? Like if the defense can communicate um, and – and and uh, and play off of one another. I think that's what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, you don't like I said, you don't necessarily need to have the best players uh, at these positions, but if you can all adjust and play off of one another and play off of each other's strengths, then you can play as a unit, play as a defense. They always just, that's like defensive coordinator talk. It's like play together, right? Like that's their thing, and it and it really like it really pervades into all aspects of the game, and it, and it, and, it, and it needs to. Um, so. If the, if the defense can communicate, I think uh, that is a really – that puts us in a really good position. And if the offense can execute, we had a lot of plays where, you know, either Jalen missed a guy, there was a drop, you know, or, you know, miscommunications, whatever it might be. You know, Jalen's getting pressured too much. Figure it out on offense. You know, you had one of the best offenses in the league last year. It wasn't by accident. You have all this talent, as you mentioned. You have one of the top O-lines in the league, even if – you know, these guys are getting older. And even if you, you're starting a, a second year player, first, first year starter, you have all this talent, figure out how to make it work and, and work together. This is it. Football is a team sport. And that's why I really, that's what's so exciting about it. And, and what's so much to love about it is that like, if one unit doesn't play well, then you're host. And sometimes you can make up for it, but more often than not, you have to just consistently play as one unit and and have a comprehensive game. I think that's just the that's the that's the main thing. You can't 
show up here and then not show up there. And that's, that's something that, you know, worried me last year with the offense um, was that second quarter was that big, you know, jump. And then, you know, it would teeter off. And of course, some of that is because they didn't play later in games, but I want to see a consistently scoring offense, you know, that can just score at will. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, you know, like you alluded to earlier on, Brian Flores is a Bill Belichick disciple. And while they aren't, you know, philosophically the exact same, they have their defensive schemes do have some similarities mm-hmm. in terms of just the amount of pressures that they um, both like. And said, I think uh, Minnesota was number four or five in pressure rate um, yeah. in week one. And now it didn't translate to success, but nevertheless, there were pressures, which the Eagles have seem to struggle with over the last two years. Um, why do you think that is, by the way? <laughs> Dude, it really kills me. I, I don't get it. Just throwing a damn hot route. We've been saying this for the last, like, two Especially years. Especially when, when you have a receiver like A.J. Brown. You have A.J. Is- Brown, Devontae Smith, two guys who will win on a slant consistently, and you have Dallas Goddard who can win on a stick consistently. You have the solutions for the blitz. Maybe it's Jalen. Not, know, to mention, it, not to mention a mobile quarterback if you maybe try to move the pocket a little bit. You know. Yeah, I just I don't I don't know I don't know. It, it it is kind of bothering me that there is a consistent like common denominator here, and that's Jalen. He's got to figure it out because it can't be like every time we get blitz, it's like oh this is how you stop the Eagles because then everybody's just gonna freaking blitz us, and we should be able to take advantage of it because that means if somebody blitz, it means you have a plus somewhere else, and you have a receiver who's open, you have somebody who's open, get the ball to them. There's an open place in the field if somebody blitz. It, like it, it's inexcusable to just every single time lose yardage or have an incompletion. I get it. You know, blitzes can work and they can hit home, whatever, but it can't be every time, guys. Like, come on. It, it can't just be, like, such an obvious Achilles heel because, I mean, that's what the Chiefs did. I mean, they took advantage of it, and so Jalen did have some answers to it, but, I mean, in the big games, this is what teams will do to us. Yeah. But uh, for me, um, my two things that the Eagles have to do to win this game on Thursday, number one, win the turnover battle um, in Minnesota's first game, or if I remember correctly, they turned the ball over three times. One of them was a Kirk Cousins interception and the other two were fumbles. Um, you know, just win a turnover battle, you know, get the ball back to was your offense. Interceptions? Because I thought Slay had two, right? No, I'm, I'm talking about uh, Minnesota in their first game versus uh, – Oh, I switched. Yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, get the ball back for your offense, give them a short field, you know, allow them to establish some consistency, you know, that'll help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number two, pressure Kirk Cousins. Um, get after Kirk Cousins. Um, their offensive line, specifically Ed Ingram, he struggled a lot um, in week one. Um, and, you know, as we've talked about this entire pod, the Eagles defensive line did not. Jalen Carter was a beast, um, you know, and they're this defensive line they're built to rush the passer so i think if you know they do those two things they'll come out on top on thursday and and make sure kirk cousins knows that the only reason he has a tv show is because jalen and tua both said no nobody bro, tua i'm not gonna lie bro you know how down i've been on Tua the past couple of years right. he looks he looks nice <laughs> listen, I, I think i so listen i've been a tua supporter you know this um he still leaves some meat on the bone which just really irks me sometimes. I'm like, dog, just throw it ahead of him. Um, sometimes it doesn't have that. But, I mean, if Tyreek keeps playing that way, I mean, it, it was it was pretty ridiculous. But it's like Tua is the perfect quarterback for Mike McDaniel um, in terms of just like he can, he can point guard your offense. He's really good at that type of thing. And Mike McDaniel is a damn good coordinator. So um, I think you're seeing the, the results of just like 
we talked about it last year with Jalen second year with a with a with with an offensive play caller and you know having just some consistency now with his weapons he's had Tyreek and uh and Jalen now for two years uh Dolphins are Dolphins are a fun team dude that 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 game is gonna be uh that's gonna be something to watch because their defense is damn good too and I think by the time they play Philly I think Ramsey could be back yeah, because when when do we play them? It's like in November. Yeah, October twenty second. Oh, so okay. that is about. I think that's like week what eight, nine, somewhere yeah, yes. along in there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It'll it'll be a really good game, and uh, it'll be interesting in my home because. Half my family is Dolphins fans, and half of them are Eagles fans, and we talk shit every single day. I mean, the group chat's been, and and, and it's, it really makes me mad because my cousin just like I, you you see me riding for Tua here, like I'm always standing up for Tua. My cousin is so damn delusional about it. I have to bring him back to earth. He's like Tua's better than Jalen and all that. I'm like, dude, come on, like just be be realistic for a second, dog. Like, can we can we just be honest about this for for a second? And you, no, Jalen's a system quarterback. I'm like, bro, Tua is the definition of a system quarterback. And like, just oh god, you know, I'm not gonna get into this because it's an Eagles podcast. Anjay, if you're listening to this, you're an idiot. I love you though. So, one more non-Eagles thing before we get out of here. What are we doing week six when Carson Wentz faces the Eagles as a just quarterback? You're funny, is that? <laughs> They're uh, it's gonna be Tom they Brady. Said that, they said um, yeah, they it's said gonna be Tom Brady. Brady. I doubt it. I can't see that. Happening. That'd be so funny, bro. If he joins the AFC East after they just retired his jersey, he goes and plays, <laughs> goes and sees his jersey. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, would you? Uh, what do yeah, you think? What do you this. think they do? Trading Marcus Mariota. For uh, CJ Mosley, oh, definitely one Please? that you because I mean every every yeah yeah Quentin Williams is kind of taking over right on defense. You can maybe part with CJ for uh, Marcus Mariota, but who knows? I feel like Howie could still do, make though. a trade, man. It, it it feels like there could still be a Howie trade. Oh, something's coming. Something's coming. yeah. Like I mean the. <laughs> The middle of the defense is just really bare. It's even more bare than last year, and he went and got CJ. So, you know, maybe something could be in the works. Who knows? Would you bring in Devin White? I heard this on Birds with Friends. Devin White for a fourth? They're looking to move him? And no, it's he's on a expiring contract, and it's you oh, know Levante. They yeah. said Levante. I don't think you, there's no question you do it. Right? Yeah. He improves the defense. And a fourth would be a little be a little much but i don't know man i mean we took I mean, we got ringo with the fourth but then you got to factor in context too yeah exactly so if he signed somewhere else you could get like a fourth or a fifth yeah. um i don't know i would do it i, I would do a fourth Definitely. but who knows we'll see but i think this has been a good episode we appreciate it oh, before we get out score yeah. prediction for thursday uh uh 35-7 Eagles. Take it back. <laughs> so they still, you still don't have them scoring more than a touchdown. Last time I had them scoring more than a touchdown and they didn't. Now this would be their third time in the, no, they scored a lot in between. They had like that one game, right? Or did we go to Minnesota? No, they came here. They came here. Yeah, that was the year after the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They scored a lot in our, yeah, yeah, no, okay. So 
No, I don't know. All right, 35-17. I think the Eagles' uh, offense just kind of gets it going again, and uh, I think the defense will show up. There's going to be some plays where, I mean, they just have some really stud players, but uh, I think the defense can play well. I'm going to go 28-17, Birds. Okay. It's a touchdown difference, but... uh, we're both seeing the offense uh, get things together. Yeah. I want to. I, I just want to see this offense start just putting up. I mean, it's, thirty-five. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard not to. Like, like again, with all the talent that they have, it'll be hard to not have it work out again for a second week in a row. Mm-hmm. I agree. And just before we get out of here, um, we are going to be doing a pregame show on Thursday. I think. I think I said seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we might do something around halftime also. Um, but as always, on whichever podcast streaming platform you're listening on, be sure to leave us a like and a review. Um, and yeah, thanks for a good episode. Sounds good, man. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, looking forward to uh, Thursday. We'll get our boy Quell back on here. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Five stars. Like, don't, don't give us any other nonsense. Like, it's a five star show. Um, and make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can, you know, follow all of us and uh, and follow the page itself at the Philly Blitz underscore. Go birds! Go birds!